Welcome, everybody. We should be live. Please do verify for me that you can hear me. I'm going to put up my YouTube screen to make sure that we are live. And there's a picture coming out to your screen, and it looks like it is. And do also make sure that you can hear me as well, because I have a microphone in my mouth. And typically, if I have a microphone in my mouth and you can't hear me, that's not a good sign. So do make sure that you verify for me that you can hear me. Today, we have a very special guest. Uh, this person has been in the news industry for uh, eight years. Uh, she runs multiple channels on YouTube uh, that are, um, one of them is very space oriented. The other one is more of like a blog style, personal lifestyle type blog. But this should be, uh, she's somebody that shouldn't be a surprise uh, for you, especially if you've been following the SpaceX and Tesla uh, world. And of course, she's on the thumbnail. So you probably saw her face. You're like, Oh, I know who that is. Ladies and gentlemen, Alien Space. Welcome. Yeah, the silliest little intro ever. Thank you so much for making the time, Ellie. I really appreciate it. Seriously. Of thank course. you. Thank you for coming back. I yeah. love going live. Yeah. And this, of course, is a live stream. So as we are going through the live stream, post some comments, everybody in the comments section, anything, any thoughts as you have on this topic, obviously, the, the title of, of the video um, uh, is geared towards us talking about uh, journalistic integrity and a lot of different things along that line. Um, as a lot of you already know, and especially if you're part of the Elon universe, you know that we've had some uh, some interesting things happening here in the uh, Elon universe in respects to media and Every obviously day. with... Um, yeah, every day, every single day, and I guess uh, the best way to start, Ellie, maybe we'll we'll pull up the uh, the tweet that Elon put up for us here uh, yes. sometime this morning. Oh yeah, there it is, that one. Look at that, you're prepared. We Farzad and I were trying to think of well, what can we talk about? And oh, perfect, you have screen sharing. Yeah. And you know, oh, yeah. coincidentally enough, Elon tweeted this today. The media is a click-seeking machine dressed up as a truth-seeking machine. That couldn't be further from the truth. That is the truth. He posted yesterday about every single, you know, moment in his life becoming a supernova, crazy clickbaity headline, and um, it's getting out of control. So, what what kind of, of things can you share from your perspective, Ellie? Since you've since you've been in the industry for for a while, I mean, eight years, you've you've kind of seen, and you been you were in local news. So maybe for those that are not familiar, give, give us a little bit of an introduction again on sort of the specific things that you worked on on a daily basis. But I'm super curious to hear your thoughts, like as the news broke, spe specifically with this Wall Street Journal thing that happened in the last couple of days. Curious to hear your take and sort of what, what you've been seeing from your side. I'm sorry, my cat is like having a sneeze. It's all good. It's <laughs> my cat. Um, so I, I think that like, you know, over my eight year experience in TV news, it seems like the focus has really shifted from t TV and broadcast to online social media, you know, has continued to be where our, you know, focus has shifted to, um, really prioritizing, posting on YouTube, posting on Facebook, getting clicks, getting likes, getting engagement, like, that was part of our job description, okay? And how do you do that? How do you break through in a world that is increasingly full of noise? Like we are in such a, you know, overstimulating, uh, just it's it's loud. And, and how do you get someone's attention and make them click on something, you know, without kind of um, maybe embellishing or, or, making something interesting, right? You're not going to follow or go to a story about a city council meeting and write the headline highlights from Tuesday's city council meeting. Are you going to click on that? No. You know, you're <laughs> going to pick the most controversial, crazy thing that's going on. And that's going to be your headline. And so I feel like, you know, people are just trying to keep up and stand out. And with that comes you know, misinformation, exaggerating, putting a spin on things. And it's really hard to monitor or regulate that. You know, there is no sort of system that, you know, will automatically delete a video if if it's proven that, it, or, or an article for that example, if it's proven that it's false. So, mm -hmm. um this is like such a loaded topic, but it is getting worse. It is getting much mm -hmm. worse. 
Yeah. yeah, I think I think what's interesting about this uh, story specifically. So for those that are not familiar, um, there yeah. was a story that was run in a Wall Street Journal. Uh, I believe it was Sunday morning, if I remember correctly. So uh, a few days ago now, where uh, the Wall Street. Yeah, usually Business Insider is the culprit, but I was kind of surprised yeah. that, you know, WSJ. Kind of I, I want to pick your brain on that, too. I want to pick your brain on that, too. The, so WSJ, Wall Street Journal, is uh, typically a uh, finance um, or it's, it's New York based Wall Street. And oh. uh, they do a lot of finance stories, finance type stories. And mostly it correct me if I'm wrong, but it's I think it's mostly like an economy finance type publication. Is that correct, Ellie? Or like, are you familiar with the? Yeah. OK. Yeah, I yeah. I would say so. I mean, this, you know, the story that they ran is just like so tabloid and gossip yeah. what is going on it's so weird right so so that's one angle and then the other part of that story itself too is that uh from from everything that we've seen ever since sunday really since uh elon took to twitter elon has refuted the story multiple times so you know even his mom may musk came yeah. out in his defense on twitter which is like when is the last time you've seen the the mom of a 50 year old man out there who's getting like slander coming out and being like you're lying so so that in itself is very endearing for, endearing for me because i'm like right. oh look your mom's coming to help you out but um at the same time it's it's a it's a headline for a publication which for at least from my perspective has been very respected uh in the past especially in finance circles and then it's uh it's also publishing a story that appears to be false, given that the primary subject of the news article, Elon, refuted it outright publicly. We had the uh, Sergey's wife, who Elon was claimed to have an affair with. Her lawyer came out and refuted the story. Elon came out and said that, hey, I spoke to Sergey a couple of times already, and he doesn't know who spoke to the Wall Street Journal. This didn't happen. Uh, surprisingly, surprisingly enough, Sergey himself has come out and said anything yet uh publicly um or or the or the a wife of sergey or i guess ex-wife now since they're getting divorced um but her lawyer did so it's it's almost like there's like a, a double whammy going on here it's a very salacious headline that's geared towards driving clicks but there's also seems like there is a, a, an underlying falsehood to the story itself that is almost being made up to have the title to have that clickability what what do you think about that portion of it like do you, do you think this article was made in good faith based on sort of like like how, how did we how how would this person have approached uh creating this article in the first place like is that even a a valid question that, that you can answer well, i'm just trying to figure out why <laughs> i'm trying to figure out why too because it's not even on brand with what they're supposed to be reporting you know and what what their uh consumers want so I, I don't really understand the motivation behind it, but I sure hope that it, you know, kind of docks some points off their reputation. Um, like I was telling you a little bit before we started chatting live, I think that it would, I think that a lot of people hate Elon, right? And so even though you and I are fairly confident that he's telling the truth and we believe him, um, you know, I think if, if, if people aren't Elon fans, they're not going to believe him. And so it, it might be helpful for Sergey to come forward and, and, you know, debunk this himself. But um, someone, one of your viewers, Hans Nelson, makes a good question right here. He says, is Elon becoming mainstream media's substitute for Trump now that they need a new mm. smear campaign to drive clicks? And I've often compared Elon and Trump a lot because I feel like they're very similar, like on Twitter, for example, right? Like they're very outspoken and they just click tweet and, you know, maybe sometimes their employees or their staff or whatever kind of cringe. But um, I, I could I think that that's probably pretty spot on. I mean, look at the coverage that from when he was in Greece, like leave yeah. the dude alone. Yeah, like this is like a straight up, you know, star magazine. Right. It's just he's becoming like this. It's just like tacky, low-hanging fruit, you know, gossipy celebrity headlines. And this man is changing the world. And, you know, I know he's not perfect, but, um, yeah, I hope that the Wall Street Journal can be held accountable for this if it is completely rubbish. Because, and, and that kind of like goes into this whole conversation and 
you know, what is the solution? How do we incentivize truth? How do we, you know, but we also don't want to have just like overbearing, you know, regulation of some sort, like no one right. wants more, more government, more whatever. So it's, it's like a really hard problem to solve. And I think too, if you're just going to put it on the individual and say, well, you know, s- someone should just be more responsible themselves and like do a little bit more research. Uh, I don't think a lot of people are willing to do that, you know, like yeah. that's on them, yeah. but it's almost yeah. like it's almost like the the whole reason why like news and journalism worked. I'm going to say in the past because I'm not even really sure it's it's uh it's, sometimes it doesn't work. But like the, the whole point of having um these truth tellers, like the way I always thought about journalists and people that worked in news media outlets such as yourself and anybody else, like these people are meant to be truth tellers so that they can uh, research what's going on in the world, right? So let, let's think about like what is the core principle of a journalist or a core principle of a news place it's for them to go out there find the truth of what's happening and then bring it out to the people so that they can understand what is happening in their communities and from a little bit of research that i did this obviously started super small so you had this with uh you know journalists or news people or people that found out what was going on in their very small local communities and they went out and you know before the printing press or whatever they went to the town square you know, you know, this is what's happening. Here's what's happening, guys. This is what I found. Here's right. the truth that I'm trying to pass on to you all. And, and here's what's going on. So that's that's what I thought. But I think there was a comment that was left even before the, the live stream started by somebody that said that how much of this is really Wall Street Journal and all these new things becoming more like tabloid, sort of misinformation uh, skewing the truth or how much of this is really the internet and the age that we're living now are really starting to expose or give tool sets to those that were spreading misinformation and lies before but now it's much easier to to actually prove as false because we have the tools like like the elon coming out and saying this is wrong and the internet and twitter and god knows what other tools we have that are saying hey like this is happening so I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. Like, is this something that we've always had that's that's sort of um, coming to light now because of the tools or is this some, it's a new trend of the age that we live in? What do you think? I think that what's happening now is it's like, you know, spreading information and on steroids because, you know, things spread so quickly online with social media. I mean, think about how it used to be with just TV news. You would wait until the five o'clock broadcast to figure out what happened that day. And now like TV news can't keep up with online, which is why they're prioritizing online so much and just going live Facebook live from the scene before they even put anything on TV. And so I think that, you know, we're not really equipped to handle how quickly things are moving um, online. And And because of how quick it is, it can be hard to sort of like rein in or, or filter that misinformation um, mm. initially. Uh, yeah, it's it's a really tough topic for sure. But I, I think you make a good point, like with the sort of checks and balances of, you know, on the same token, Elon can post a picture and say, yo, this is false. This is fake news. Um, but uh it's a so do you think it's like a newer do you think it's a newer phenomena then you don't you don't think this was nearly as rampant before like if you were even thinking like eight ten years ago like the what was perceived as potentially false versus what's perceived as potentially false now like or is that too tough of a, of a question to ask like do I we even have the say, data no i would say it's worse now because everyone's online now and w- like look at just the footprint of social media now compared to what it was 10 years ago. I mean, mm-hmm. like it's massive, it's massive. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's probably worse and harder to control. And yeah, I've been trying to think, you know, ever, ever since we decided we would talk about this, like what is the solution, you know, is it, yeah. is it giving the Wall Street Journal, you know, reviews or like a trust pilot rating, right? And like, you know, figuring out like, is this a verified source? Is this credible? And I think it's sad to see, um, you know, I mean, the mainstream media is getting it huge right now, right? You you would think they're credible and they're trustworthy. And I think people on both sides, the right and the left are starting to lose faith or 
maybe not be as trusting of just accepting this information from this news outlet because, well, they must they must be professional and fact checking. And um, that's just not always the case. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. There was an interesting comment here from uh, from Diovan that I want to highlight. Um, I don't think people hate Elon. He is popular. This is what happens to uh, people uh, that care about maybe uh, that's i don't understand that line a little bit so maybe Diovan helped me understand that a little bit better uh without mainstream media elon gets very little negative vibes other than that from people who are short tesla and that's a that's an interesting comment and i think i think there i i think i agree with ellie a little bit because with some people that i do speak randomly like it's 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 kind of blind hate <laughs> it's like a very blind but it's also fed by that mainstream media bias you know so it's an interesting comment there that was dropped. What do you think? I, I think that it we might be running into the issue of like these echo chambers where you and I are very involved and invested in the Tesla world, literally invested. And also, you know, we're Twitter, we're following all the Tesla people. And so uh, we're surrounded by more people that are probably fans of Elon. But I'm telling you, a lot of my friends, even some of my family members, they just think that he's like this super villain because he's rich. He's a billionaire, which means this about him. And so I I, I don't know. I, I'm not saying that everyone hates him and he is obviously very popular, but I, at least I have encountered personally a lot of people that are not fans of him. Where does that sentiment come from? Um... I think I think people feel that way about a lot of billionaires. You know, they just kind of put them into this category. And what's so interesting about Elon is like he has all this money and success, but he's not resting on his laurels. You know, I, I feel like he won't be done until we go to Mars. And even then he probably won't be done. So he's very unique in that way. You know, he didn't just do something amazing and get rich and then just do whatever he wants. He's really still dedicated to the mission and yeah. And maybe and maybe like a follow up to that question then. So do you think those people that and again, if, if you don't feel comfortable answering the question, that's because I, maybe there's no way to find out. But do you think that these folks got there from their own like thought process that they sat down and are like, you know what, this person's a billionaire or was there some sort of uh, push towards them landing on that situation? Like, where, are they reading specific news articles? Are they on specific Facebook groups? Okay. Like how? Well, yeah. To be fair, Elon is yeah. not exactly one to hold back. And sometimes he can kind of post stuff that's maybe sure. a little bit, you know, unprofessional or whatever. So perhaps that could add to someone's impression of him. But mm -hmm. um, I think some people don't even know hardly anything about him. They just know mm. that he's extremely rich and that's really all they need to know. Got so. it. Got it. So it's almost like they they know he's already super rich, and there's certain uh, snippets that they catch of his behavior, and they're like, "Wow, what a prick!" <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. I, okay. You Got know, it. like it would be really hard to be Elon. Yeah. Like, can you imagine? No, I don't like, want to. <laughs> I, I feel like I live in a world of noise just because we yeah. do. You know, like yeah. you know, we're kind of like addicted to social media. Maybe not everyone. You're lucky if you're not, but you know, we we like to scroll and we're like trying to find stuff online and but but meanwhile like he also has all these people coming at him like wanting to talk to him wanting to interview him wanting to know him you know he's like working at all these companies like i don't even i i think he's an alien i don't know <laughs> i don't know how you do that he's very he's a very unique person i think i think the willingness what I what I did find interesting is that the the latest things that have been happening with him trying to purchase Twitter and sort of the latest strings of like these mass media or different publications that have come out with different stories with him have a weird like timing feeling to it. Which I mean, I don't want to speculate if it's all you know like there's people behind the scenes pulling the strings or whatever. But it it does seem like there has been a little bit of a shift on how. Um, of how he's receiving certain media coverage and what kind of articles are coming out and the timing of those things. I think that's very interesting. And I don't know if that's sort of like related to him trying to purchase Twitter or he just happens to be a much more popular person now because, again, these media companies have the incentive 
to get a very salacious, super clickable uh, article because in the age of the internet, they have to do that. The, the incentive, that incentive structure has forces them to almost have to do that. And we sort of talked about a little bit about, you know, if it's, if, you know, like the falseness of it and, and sort of like what, what they have to do and so on and so forth to get it out there to the public. But the, the point you brought up earlier was like, okay, so how do we actually fix that? Like, what is the solution for this thing? Um, if you were in charge of the media landscape in the world or the United States, and this is, of course, an impossible question to answer. Yeah. But I'm I'm curious with your with your background and sort of what you know uh, are the right things to do as a journalist and what are you know you've been in uh, media uh, as well so you understand how these things work, uh, especially to an extent in, in the field that you worked on. What like what what would help? Like what are the things that would help you think? Let's try and, and sort of brainstorm a little bit if you don't mind. Yeah. Um... I mean, there there could be a system where, you know, maybe three strikes are out uh, or like if, you know, one thing that I, I think was kind of a bummer is didn't they take away the dislike button or like the um, on YouTube? The or counter. Like, yeah, like you like us as creators, we can see, hey, this video only got 96 percent likes but you guys can't see that as an audience. And I think that that was a really helpful tool for sorting through mm. and had that information still been public, you know, perhaps um, the algorithm could just either completely stop promoting a video that has so much negativity or again, it's such a hard question because, you know, free speech is so important. And um, it's like, we don't necessarily want to have everything have to have ratings because those can be skewed too. Manipulated, yep. It's just yeah, you know. But there, but there has to be some sort of accountability. Like I hope that Wall Street Journal comes out with a retraction of some kind, or like does some sort of follow up because, you know, it like for how big of an outlet they are, this is nuts. There has yeah. to be something, maybe something will change because of this article. Probably not, but, <laughs> you know, maybe it's, I think, here's what I think is happening right now today. I think more people are waking up to this. And I think mm. that that's the start. More people are recognizing this. They're, they're experiencing this and we're all getting tired of it. So like, it's the start of something. What the solution is, I don't know. But we are seemingly all coming to the same consensus that we're sick of the bots. We're sick of, you know, the spam articles that are in our feed. And so what are we going to do about it? I don't know. But, you know, the first step, right, is is recognizing that there's a problem. <laughs> Recognize you have a problem. We have a problem. Yeah. We do. It's it. It's interesting you say that because one of the um, like the waking up thing, like people are waking up to this thing. Actually, let me uh, let me uh, highlight this comment here real quick. Lulu, thank you so much for the ten dollars super chat. Canadian, you are awesome. Um, game entertainment and even uh, comics journalists have gone way too political and just full of garbage. They shamelessly lie in our faces like we're idiots. Besides that, hello everyone. <laughs> I love how they ended it all positive. They ended it all positive. Thank I know, you. right? Um, uh, any thoughts about that comment? I think I do. I do see that like, there's more and more folks um, that are having some like no, it's no problem at all. Uh, they're having some slants to to whenever they're trying to report something or say about something. Have you have you seen that as well, or uh, do you have any comments on that comment from Lulu? Let's see. Let me read it again. Game entertainment and even comic journalists have gone way too far. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I have. Have you? Okay. Yeah, I definitely I, have. Yeah, because yeah. there's like certain mediums that I follow and I can like, and again, this is, goes back to the free speech thing. You know, it's like, okay, so like, obviously there, there's, this is more a question of professionalism, you know, like right. where... What what is the professionalism uh, standard of a comic book writer or a uh, comic journalist rather or an entertainer? You know, like um, and then what what is the context of what they're trying to achieve as well? Like, there are certain things that people should speak up about. You know, like if if, if, the, if a bunch of uh, entertainers feel like I don't know 
they're uh, they're playing shows and freaking the security at the shows is awful and they feel it's because of security or whatever they should speak up or if they're not being funded enough for whatever reason like there's still got to be a line for for free speech but i do notice that sometimes a lot some people do it for for uh, cloud chasing a little bit you know yeah. to try to fall in line into the camps that they're doing but um it's a very interesting comment and thank you lulu for for uh, sending that um there is a i do want to go back to the original point i was trying to make excuse me which was around um what you said around the uh we were talking about the um trying to uh, the accountability like the dislikes on youtube and and how that brought a lot of like visibility into what we wanted to look into and you know not having the dislike counter was kind of a bummer uh nowadays but before you were able to tell sort of where the ranking was of a specific journalist i wonder how or, or a video rather i wonder if that is a is something that we can realistically implement when it comes to like broader journalism so like wall street journal you know um is there a way for us to say okay so these and, and i think there's like review websites out there that that, that do this stuff but like <laughs> wall street journal uh they have a 25 percent like you know uh cnn they have a I don't know, 5% like, Fox has a 2% like, I don't really know. So I wonder if that is one thing that we can do. And then the other thing that was really interesting about your people awakening comment was that even in my video that I posted recently about the Wall Street Journal, Elon, I had multiple folks on my comment section saying, this is the last straw for me, I'm going to cancel my WSJ subscription. So I wonder how much people voting with their wallets is gonna help change this. But my one concern there, my one concern there and we, we talked about this a little bit in, in our previous video, is as, as these uh, publications, my fear is as these publications lose more and more memberships, they become more and more desperate because <laughs> they have to create the income now, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, totally. I'm, like, I'm very curious to see if that is even something that, you know, like because there's a percentage of people out there that are still going to be, I think, clicking on these things because it's more entertainment than anything. And they could like figure out how to get these things pumped out even more and more. But um, I do like the review system, though, that, that you kind of talked about, like the dislikes. Does something like that exist? Do you know? Is there something out there that tracks news publications or anybody um, in the comments? You know, I, I have seen like because I follow a lot of journalists on Facebook and some of their business pages, like they do have the review feature activated, which is kind of weird because it's like dude, you're a reporter, but some people will leave, you know, like five stars, you know, Jordan interviewed me about blank blank and did a great job. So I don't know. But again, it's like mm. a lot more work. And I just don't know if everyone's going to want to do that. Um, but I, yeah, I think the problem is going to get worse. And when I quit my job in TV news, which by the way, that was like two months ago. So pretty, pretty fresh. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I told my boss, that I felt like, you know, YouTube really is the future and more people are online and these news outlets know it, you know, they're, they're creating their own YouTube and they're posting every story on YouTube and they're trying to like, like they post stupid shit on Facebook. You know, it's like, you know, out of these four breakfast foods, which one would you get rid of? That's not news, but what's the point engagement. And if you get engagement that day, then, you know, you, you're doing good. So it's, it's becoming like, you know, the, the line between news and like actual journalism and entertainment and engagement is totally getting yeah. blurred. Yeah, but, um, I, I do have, uh, I remember before we even started, like I told you, what was my opening statement? I've been feeling very pessimistic. Yeah, <laughs> I've been yeah, feeling very pessimistic about this whole well, thing. And, I mean, look at your look at your comments right now. Look at your comments. Everyone, they're saying, um, you know, uh, there will be even more yeah. click chasing for adverts. Um, mainstream journalism is losing credibility every single day. I think people are feeling this on both sides. And I think that that's also why you see this rise of content creators that, you know, are, are getting huge followings because people trust them more than they trust uh, mainstream media. Yeah. I feel like, and I want, yeah, there's a go, huge go on, go loss of respect for news. I mean, I, you know, the last couple of years, I can't tell you how many people I've showed up to a story, camera, tripod, microphone, and they're just like, you know, are you fake news? How are you going to spin this story? And I'm like, well, I'm 
not planning to, but there's a lot of like mistrust. And just because I showed up with my mic flag and my, my jacket, you know, it's like automatically don't like her, don't trust her. And it's unfortunate because I don't think I ever did anything untrustworthy or, you know, I really tried to stay impartial. And I actually, um, just to, just to plug my channel really quickly, Ellie in space, I did an interview recently with space eccentric. So if you follow him, you know, he's, uh, covers SpaceX news, just like me, but at the beginning of the pandemic, he really started to voice his political views. He's pretty far right. And I don't want to do that because I think that, you know, journalism should be impartial. But he definitely has people that support how open he is and they want to follow them or him because they agree with him. But he's also lost a bunch of people, too. And so I kind of just asked him, like, was this worth it for you? Um, it's it's interesting and um, yeah, so, you know, there's also people online can be partial and share their views. And so you have to make sure that you understand that, too, if you're going to consume that content, because it's not well. But even but but I say that, but it's like even news now, like there's usually a slant. So while yeah. there shouldn't be, there usually is. Do you think that's why do you think that's why ultimately you had folks coming up to you uh, and saying, how are you going to spin like the news now? Do you think it, it's it's media itself that has sort of like self inflicted this wound? How do you think about that? Well, I think that it's because honestly, I think it's because I worked for a Fox affiliate. And I think that there's a lot of confusion uh, between a local affiliate news station and Fox News Channel, the network. So I'm like, mm. no, I'm I'm literally here to cover this fire that is local news. <laughs> I'm not here to give some commentary on, you know, something about. I don't but know. why? But why do you think those people feel like that about Fox News, the network, anyway? Like what? Or or well, or they are. I think there's, I think, yeah, I mean, I think that there's plenty of people that feel the same way about MSNBC because, you right. know, I mean, so um, it's it's not just a call out Fox News, but I think that um, because a lot of these networks, like, it's pretty obvious which way they go. Mm -hmm. And um, I, that kind of reminds me of like the whole idea of echo chambers too, because then you're just hearing you're not exposed to like different viewpoints if you're just like hearing what you already agree with i don't i don't know where i'm going with that yeah. but it i think that it's good to find something in the middle yeah so what i'm trying to like i i've been thinking about this a little bit i'm just trying to figure out like how much of the oh let me say this before i forget I posted a poll on the uh, thing on the on the comment section that asks uh, the the our viewers are they optimistic or pessimistic or neutral about the future of journalism. So I'm just curious curious to see their their viewpoint. Right now it's 88% uh, pessimistic, <laughs> but it, it could also be because I entitled the uh, video the the erosion of journalism. <laughs> so we might have a very biased audience. So um, right. potentially that, that could yeah, but um. I well, think but um, see, even there, yeah. you already put so true. A, a bias or an opinion. You could have said the state or even, so even attributed it further and said what we consider the state of TV news. Right. But instead, it was like immediately like assuming that there is an erosion and that it's negative. Yeah. It's so hard. to yeah. avoid. So so let, let me ask you this. Do you agree with my statement? What that TV news is There's a sinking ship? No, that there there has been an erosion in journalism. Yeah, why do you think I got out? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I one hundred percent. I one hundred percent agree. And yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I. But you're right, though. You're right, though. Is that the, the proper approach under that circumstance, though, should have been to write the state but, of journalism? Yeah, but but. Would people have clicked on that as much? Probably not. See, this is like a super live look into what this kind of like you're 
Hard? I, would it? I, I'm going to change the title right now. I'm going to okay. change the title right now, and I'm going to see <laughs> if it changes the stats for real. Because I think this is the kind of stuff that that helps the state of the state of journalism. Yeah. Uh, so I said the erosion of journalistic integrity with eight near news vet uh, Eliana Sh- uh, Sheriff or Sheriff. I'm sorry, I don't want to mispronounce your last like, Sheriff. Like okay. Sheriff deputy. The space yeah. sheriff. Look <laughs> yeah. at that. <laughs> Uh, how about the state of journalism? So instead of the, the erosion of journalistic integrity, I'm going to say the state of journalism uh, with eight-year news vet. TV news anchor. Woo! With former TV news anchor. Perfect. Yeah, with I love it. Former, with former TV news James, anchor. James says send it to Twitter to get a different group. Send it to Twitter? Yeah. Okay. Someone DRK said, if we are talking about the state of journalism, then I would have wanted to hear about it, even if the word erosion was not in the title. Well, that's good to know. I'm just saying, like, even even titling it that, like, there's already an opinion there. I I think it's true. But, you know, it's it's like erosion kind of sounds bad. Yeah. (laughs) No, I appreciate that, though. So I, I really appreciate you saying that because it helps me understand my own bias of what I am uh, uh, on what I'm trying to create a fair um, forum for. But right. by putting those words in, I've automatically biased the audience towards those that believe it's happening. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so that in itself is an exercise Okay, so then let me ask you this. How hard is it as a as a news person or as a journalist to separate that constantly? Well, you know what I'm saying? I, I think that you have the pressure of, you know, wanting to be heard and wanting to create a headline that someone will click on. So it's like a really hard thing to balance because usually what piques your interest is what appeals to the core of human emotions is, mm. is fear is security is, is whatever. Um, we had, I I've actually like never talked about this, but I worked for, uh, Sinclair. Uh, it's a pretty big media company and every single night. And this was the first time I'd ever worked for a station where we had what's called a must run. So these were stories that as the producer, you weren't fully in charge of your show because you must run these segments. You didn't have a choice, which already kind of screamed to me, this is a little weird. This should be the producer's choice, how they want to stack the show, what they want to run. And the must run was a a terror news alert from the terror alert desk. Every single night we would run a segment called the, uh, I think it was called the terror alert. What year was this, Ellie? Oh, this was like 2018, 2019 for sure. And then they like phased it out. But I hated reading that thing because sometimes it was like just pulling, trying to find like what, what was scary that went on in, in, you know, in the world or what was this, this terror plot that was foiled or who was sentenced for whatever. And I just had a really big issue with that. I had a really big issue that we had to run these segments that were fear mongering and like literally like straight up had the word terror in it. I just thought that it was not true journalism. And so mm. there's an example of, you know, from the top down and, and and they would watch. And if you didn't run it, you would get in trouble. So wow, that's not that's not correct, but I didn't really have any control over that. But like a lot of people don't know that. And of course, when I was like working there, I couldn't say, hey guys, you know, um, by the way, we have to do these must runs. Did you know that? And we don't get a choice. And a lot of times they're quite slanted and it kind of bothers me. Um, and there's a a few examples of like uh, journalists also kind of stepping out of the news biz to to uncover some of these behind the scenes things. Um, but yeah, that was just that that always stood out to me like this is wrong. 
but there's also not much I can do about it unless I completely like disrupt everything and sound the alarm and say, Hey, um, I don't feel comfortable running this. I don't want this in my show. And why do I have to run it? You know, this is, this is not local news at all. Uh, and that's what people watch the local news for. Why are we running these terror alert desks that are, you know, literally grasping for whatever um, to, to try and scare people? I, I don't know. Wow. I, I bought, it bothered me. So regardless of what was happening in the world of, uh, this is going to sound dark, but in the world of terrorism that day, like you, regardless of what was going on, you had to publish something in relation to terroristic activity. So like you have to I didn't it. have to write the segment. Or, it was a pre-recorded segment from the like DC bureau. So someone in Washington mm -hmm. would see, and you could always tell you would watch these people, you know, like I'm blank, blank at the terror alert desk. They just seem miserable. They didn't seem like they wanted to read the shit. And, and, and it was something that, you know, I just, that, that so it was is, a prepared message that was sent and then you just had to yeah. ensure that it gets run every single exactly. day or every single exactly. Okay. Exactly. Wow. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And this was like, regardless it, of what was in there or how severe it was, it's like, we yeah. have to talk about terrorism. Okay. Yeah. And it would be to the point that you might have to drop a local story to fit in this national, no way. In my opinion, BS that I didn't want my show. Um, real quick, I want I want to shout out these super chats uh, before I forget. Uh, Diovan, thank you so much. Five dollar Canadian, uh, Lulu, another super chat. Uh, Five dollar. Everybody lies. House. I believe that's from a show. Thank you very much, my friend. Um, so, how common of a practice would you say that was uh, in in journalism? Is that something that was just specific to the network that you worked at, or is that common? Oh God, I want to find this example. It just, it just reminded me. I think that some are better than others. Sinclair had a reputation for being this way before I went there. You know, I told my journalism friends, Hey, I got a job here. And Oh, what's your parent company? Oh, Sinclair. And like people were straight up like, Oh, you went to the dark side. Oh shit. <laughs> you know, but, um, they, they paid more and, uh, well actually, depending on where you were. Oh, I want to find, um, I want to find this one example. I am I'm, I'm okay. a show and call journalist. This is this in, in, and, and everyone's going to remember this, but, but let me, let me, let me play it for you really quickly. Do you want to uh, send it to me so I can, uh, uh sh screen share it? Do you want to uh, DM yeah. it or something? Yes, this yeah. is, this is, uh, this is such a throwback, but this was an, an insane moment for TV news and it made us look really bad. <laughs> and I had actually just thing. started, I had actually just started uh, my job like a month after this whole thing happened. And so it was even more reason why my friends and family were like not stoked that I was going there. Um, okay. All right, uh, here we go. Uh, so this is uh, from CNN. Uh, let's go ahead and share the screen. Uh, share screen. Uh, oh my God. Why am I so bad at technology right now? Share screen. Okay. Here we go. Share system audio. Okay. Oh, I'm here we go. So, uh, just do me a favor. Mute on your side, Ellie, cause this thing likes to echo and then I'll play it. Um, oh, oh. it should okay. be on the there's a lot of attention around Sinclair Broadcasting and its conservative bent. This is a company that owns stations all across the country. And last month I reported that the company was mandating its local stations to produce these media bashing promos. Uh, there's been a lot of angst in local newsrooms about this. Now we're actually seeing the promos. So I, I wanna show you what they look like. Uh, this is a compilation courtesy of Deadspin that's gone viral this weekend. Just a little taste of what these promos look like. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common on, on social, social media. media. More Unfortunately, some members of the media use their platforms to push their own personal bias and agenda to control exactly what people think, and this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. I think you get the idea there. What's going on? All these anchors and all these markets are required to read this script. Uh, it's a, attacking fake news, but really what it's doing, it's kind of like the Fox Fair and Balance slogan. Uh, it's a way of saying we're fair. Everybody else is by. 
All right, I think we got the idea there. So, so the, the, wow. Okay. I remember seeing that. Okay. So help me understand. Cause I, I was asked, I was, when I saw that video, I was like, how the hell? Okay. Like my brain goes to somebody, somebody's trying to deliver a message. Like somebody's obviously behind this. So, so what happened exactly here? Like how did all these local news networks end up with the same exact messaging? Help me understand. Because it was from, it was from the top. Oh, why is it? Why is it? Oh, are you exactly. Exactly. Oh, sorry. One second. Yeah, because I'm I'm a moron. Here we go. Uh, you should be good now. <laughs> it was from the top down. It was like a mandated, hey, everyone. And, and the, the intent was good. The intent was like, we want to be fair and balanced. But they made everyone say the exact same thing. And it just it just goes to show that, like, you know, this corporate like mandate, everyone had to do it. And that wasn't even so bad. I, I think the must runs and the content that we were running was like way worse. Um, but there's just like an example of, you know. There's kind of something interesting there, though. So there's something very interesting to me. So were these local news uh, uh, channels, were they all from the same region or are they nationwide? Nationwide. Okay. But they're all report up to one media company. Yes, and Sinclair okay. is an extreme monopoly. I mean, there's a couple other companies, and in recent years, a lot of companies have been merging together um, or being bought out, you know, by a bigger company. But Sinclair is like pretty big monopoly, and they have a lot wow. of power. Yeah. So I had no idea this was a thing. So, uh, so my local news site here in Austin is likely part of a much larger conglomerate who. Uh, has the authority to deliver specific messages that where they require all the local channels to run. Is that a correct statement? Because, yeah, I'm, maybe they don't, but that is definitely something that was the first and only time, maybe not the only time, that was the first time that I'd witnessed that so extremely. And I was just like, wow. It was like, I remember in the morning show, they had a segment which was really leaning right with a like a commentator and it was like three and a half minutes so at least, at least our terror news alert was like a minute or something this was like three and a half minutes of extremely you know far right commentary and disguised mm. as news and they would try to bury it in the morning show. They try to bury it in like the the E block or something, right? Like really low down, so that like hopefully people because they didn't like it. And so um, mm. that's not news, you know. That's yeah. opinion. That's opinion. That's not news. If you want to do that, yeah. watch, you know, something that you know is opinion. But that was really pretty bad to me, um, and. I don't know why yeah. they faced it out. Maybe they got a lot of complaints. Who knows? But um, and they could still be doing it with other segments. I don't know. But man, I've how never independent? Really yeah. How how independent truly are these local news sites? Since they're so, let me let me re rephrase that question. Do you know of any local news channels that are not part of a larger conglomerate or a larger group, or are they all basically owned by a larger parent company? There are some O&Os, which are owned and operated like independently, but they might still have like, you know, the TV shows from whatever network it is, ABC, CBS. Um, so there are some that are more independent or some that are like pretty small where they only have a couple stations. But mm. most of them are under a big, giant parent company and mm. they play by those rules. Yeah. Okay. And and then how often, like if, if you're going to like quantify for me as the percent for like, if you think about the total percentage of time you were working on uh, something related to news or delivering a message, uh, what percentage of the time would you say were you influenced to deliver a certain message uh, while you were working at these places? Or did you truly feel like you had an, it, like the uh, an independence on how you deliver these messages and stay truly neutral? It was worse as an anchor because you had to read the whole show. So, yes, there were some things that like some stories that I had to read, like the terror alert desk. And I'm like, this is I don't <laughs> I don't want to read this. 
But mm-hmm. as a TV reporter, you know, you're assigned usually one, maybe two stories of the day. They're very specific. And there, mm-hmm. you know, there's really not much to to get wrong about it. It's like who, what, where, when, and why. You know, there was a, Factual, a shooting, yeah. a car crash, fire, whatever. Pretty straightforward. You know, mm-hmm. I hope that you don't spin that. How do you spin that? But <laughs> okay, um, got it. Right. But but I think it was harder as an anchor. It was harder to avoid stuff, you know, because you you're involved in the entire broadcast. And so that yeah. should be up to the producer. It's their show. It's their 30 minutes. So to like take away some of their time for something that is not even local is horrible. You know, yeah. that's and yeah, the more I think about it, I'm like, wow, that does kind of remind me like how messed up I thought that was, but it just wasn't really much I felt I could do. So now I'm doing something by exposing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how, um, how much do you think as we're thinking about like potential, like what, how can we make the state of journalism better? You know, um, how much of it do you think would be helped by moving away from having so much like, um, uh, nationwide news media and going back to truly independent, independent, uh, own and operated local news so that, so, and that becomes the focus of what truly, uh, delivers the news to the people. Uh, Do you think that would help? Here's what I also think about that. I think less people are watching news. I think less people want to watch news. Um, they see it all as negative. So I don't know if if it would make much of a difference because I think some people are just choosing to consume their Netflix shows and maybe a couple YouTubers or podcasters that they like. So I don't I don't yeah. think that that would actually change that much. I feel like that was one of the things that I noticed toward the end of my TV news time is like, um, you know, people were just just say, oh, that's so cool. You're on watch. You're on TV, but I never watched the news. I don't watch news. It's sad. And I don't like, you know, I turn it off. And I think with the pandemic too, people became less inspired to watch the news because it's just, we can only handle so much negativity. Right. Um, Yeah. yeah. So now that you're two months removed, are are you still happy with the decision you made to sort of go a little bit more independent? Every day day I get happier. I, I feel like I, Yeah, I just I I feel very lucky to be in this position and I want to protect my time. And like, for example, this past weekend, I, you know, made some content, but also was on the road. I was um, climbing in the Las Vegas area. And so I had that flexibility. And man, that's what life is about is like having time to like live and see things and have experiences and um you know, I'm not saying I don't want to work or work hard, but it has been a little bit of a break and more flexibility. And it's been awesome. It's been really cool. That's great to hear. That's really good yeah. to hear. What are, um, uh, how do I phrase this question? Like how, um, do you have any ambitions around trying to be part of the sort of the next generation of media? Like how, how do you think about that? Cause you've, you've been in, you've been a news anchor, you've been part of news, you've been part of that world. Does that sort of um, like reporting on things that were, that was going on, does, is that influencing at all what you wanna do next? Like say in the next 12 to 18 months, if you're gonna think a little bit farther out or are you thinking about different things? How are you thinking about your future specifically? Um, I think I, you know, the more the channel grows and the more I'm covering space and SpaceX and Tesla, I want to be seen as a credible source and someone who's like on the forefront of those developments. So um, just, yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, like I said, obviously I've made it my career choice now, but even as the channel was starting to grow, I'm like, oh, I want to I want to do better. I want to make better content, be more informed about the subject so that I can really um, you know, be a go-to person that people want to listen to if they're looking for this type of news. So yeah, yeah, no. yeah. just and hope that you're going to be at the investor meeting, right? To the yes. next week, right? Yeah. I got in. I got in. I'm <laughs> so excited. I'm really excited. I'm like, wow. 
crazy. Do you think you'll be able to to uh, to get in front of Elon and maybe grab him for a, for a few minute interview? Do you think that's in your uh, something you can make happen? Oh, I would love that. That is yeah. my goal. I've been visualizing. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm visualizing <laughs> it um, because why not? I kind of believe yeah. in that manifestation stuff, and I just think you know if it doesn't happen this time, I really do believe it will happen at some point. But um, I think it would be just this amazing opportunity, and you know what a bucket list interview. So man, that'd be so amazing. Hopefully, yeah. I'm. Trying to figure out like what to wear and I don't know if you can really help with that, but <laughs> dude, I'd be like in a t-shirt and shorts. I'd be like, "What's up? How's it going, bro? How you doing?" Uh, no, I, I really hope uh, I really hope you get that opportunity. I really think Ali, you've been such a cool and awesome addition to the community. I know you cover a lot of uh, SpaceX stuff, and you have been, but like your, uh, I really like the fact that we have somebody who has actual journalistic. Uh, integrity and and they understand how news is supposed to work like even today like on this on this thing like you helped me understand through like okay how this is how i write a proper title for this damn video if i really want to be neutral and non-biased thank you like that's super valuable i really like that and having somebody of your skill set i think is very important to have sort of in this universe because um one of the things that's becoming clear at least to me is that being part of the elon universe is really touching so many parts of culture and it's attracting a lot of craziness, you know? Yeah. And savvy, having somebody like yourself who who understands how to view the world through a more neutral lens and really understands how both sides need to be analyzed in a specific way. And and we really have to just focus on truth <laughs> here and, and moving forward. And we didn't even get a chance to talk about the truth thing because this is such a deep freaking rabbit hole to go down. Um, but I really appreciate what you do, seriously. And um, uh, best of luck in this endeavor because I really think you're going to crush it. And uh, plug your channel before we go because I know I want to be respectful of your time. So plug everything you have going on before we end it here. Uh, the mic is yours, please. Oh, yeah. Um, I My channel is Ellie in Space. And so check me out there. Like I said, I am going to the Tesla shareholder meeting next week, which is so crazy. So if you want some coverage of that, I'm going to be there. Um, I have an interview with Tim Dodd in the works. That's pretty exciting. He's everyday astronaut, if you're familiar with his channel. Um, and I just have a lot of, I mean, hopefully you'll see an interview with Elon <laughs> at some point. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so Ellie in space on YouTube. I really appreciate the support there. Uh, my Twitter is actually growing pretty well lately. It's eShare of TV, but I've been surprised. Like Instagram kind of kind of slow growing i don't know how to crack any mm. of these you know algorithms like it's 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 weird um they're all a little different and tiktok i've been posting more on there which is like tiktok is is what it is a lot of people are on TikTok, <laughs> and that's just the truth that's just the truth it's facts. but oh um mark marco says what is your other channel a fun channel my other channel yeah, yeah. now I am full time and I have more time to, you know, create videos. I love rock climbing. And so I had been making videos of my climbs and some of my hikes. I like that too. And I realized that I don't want to spam Ellie in space with, you know, me on the side of a mountain, but maybe people want to see me on the side of the mountain and feel what that's like and get sweaty palms. Um, I was telling you Farzad a little bit, now I can say that I have had a missing persons report filed. Yeah. On oh my God. That's right. We could have a whole live soon about that. Uh, maybe, oh my maybe God. Another time we'll have a story time, but that was, okay. that was pretty intense. I went to Red yeah. Rock, which is in Las Vegas. And, um, you know, I did a climb on Friday that went great. It was multi-pitch 750 feet off the ground. Really cool great time. Uh, what happened on Sunday is that we went on a canyoneering adventure. And if, if you don't know what canyoneering is, the whole idea is to go down and descend the mountain via rappelling. So rappelling is where you lower yourself on a rope. Um, this rappel was 23 rappels. We started at six in the morning. We were supposed to be done in eight to 10 hours. It took us 19 hours. And so unfortunately, my family, we lost we lost daylight. We only had two headlamps for four people. I had to rappel 200 feet in the dark. Um, 
it was nightmare fuel. Not only repel you for a lot of them, you had to swim through water to get to the other side. It was, it was a very scary situation, but, um, where am I going? Did you have food and water? So I, we had a water filtration system. I did have some food. Um, I packed, you know, enough for like half a day and man, I was blowing through that dried mango, but Oh, it's so good. Um, but, um, no, in, in all reality, it it very much felt like a life and death situation, not because something, not because like I got severely injured, but it was like knowing that I could, and that I had no service and I was in a maze where the only way to go is down. There is no escape. You can't hike out and wow. I have no service. So I felt so actually before, right before this live stream, I got a call from Las Vegas police and they said, Hey, you're, you're listed as a missing person. I'm, I'm guessing you've been found. And I'm like, well, yeah, that was <laughs> cleared up as of Sunday, but my poor family actually thought that I was dead um, oh because my God. I was to check in by five wow and i didn't get service until 1 a.m so maybe yeah so anyway uh check that's my insane <laughs> yeah please okay can i ask you one last very quick question did you feel like that has changed you in any way as a person that experience oh it's made me a lot stronger like mentally knowing that i got through that i mean i'm not I'm not kidding you. Like I'm a pretty adventurous, active, up for challenge anytime person, but I was really scared just because, you know, not having service is huge. I kept thinking, why don't I have, you know, a Starlink phone? Like, why don't I have service right now? But it's like, you know, you're, you're really on those adventures. You have to be prepared for things to go wrong. And it, even if you're prepared, something can still go wrong. So it was, it was pretty nuts. It was, it was it was too much to take on. Um, we're really lucky that we were all okay, and it just never should have taken 19 hours. You know, it was like, and I realized like there was actually right before we did the final repel, which was unfortunately the longest one. It was like the last thing I wanted to do was do it in the dark, and I had to do it in the dark. But I was like, should I just sleep up here and wait till the daylight? And I was like, that's gonna probably put more stress. You know, it's gonna be worse because I knew that probably someone would be wondering where I was. I didn't know the mm. extent of, you know, having a <laughs> missing person's report. Dang, I, I, told, I told my mom the other day, I was like, is it too soon to joke about, you know, what happens in Vegas doesn't always seem <laughs> Vegas report is filed about you. So, um, yeah, oh, man. but I mean, I love it. I love the mountains. Um, I just, you know, and I, I don't think I'm going to like quit, but I think I'm definitely going to be more, informed about what exactly I'm getting myself into. Um, Mm. yeah, it was wild. Yeah. Four headlamps would have been nice. I agree. And I almost didn't even bring my headlamp, but we didn't think we'd lose daylight. It was like, dude, we're getting on trail at 6am. How are we going to lose daylight? How are we going to lose? It's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. Well, I'm so happy to hear you. Okay. My goodness. That's freaking scary. I'm sure your family was freaking, Oh my, I can't even think like I'm like putting myself in their shoes. I'm like, boy, like that would, that must've been freaking stressful. My, my dad left me like four voicemails and I know he was crying on them. And I kind of like deleted all of them because, and I told him this, I was like, I just can't, I can't make this any yeah. like more dramatic. I don't want to like make myself yeah. more sad. You know, we're, Man. we're good. We're good. But um, yeah, good. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm so glad. Yeah. Nice to have the flexibility to do, crazy things so yeah uh, yeah <laughs> let's make sure you check out yeah. all her channels watch her get lost in the canyon i'm just kidding <laughs> do you have any footage from that i do and i was thinking okay. about making a video it was so funny like i'm such a media person i love like capturing every single moment and not even a yeah. third of the way into the climb i was like f this i don't care about the pictures i don't care about the video i'm very concerned and i'm just I'm not in a good state of mind. You know, it's a hundred degrees mm-hmm. out. We are in the middle of, of a maze. It, it's literally called the maze. Damn <laughs> so- man. <laughs> wow. Oh, Mark wow. Marcos says my dad would have shot me. Well, wouldn't you want to <laughs> my dad was definitely very happy that I was alive. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Mark wasn't going to make it out alive, even if he made it out. <laughs> PRK, PRK says that was a make or break moment. It really felt like that. It was like there was no way to get out but to commit and just keep going, even though you were scared. I mean, have you ever repelled 200 feet? I've never repelled. Oh, it's so scary. I, I, I didn't even learn the word until like last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'm kidding. I know what repelling is, but like, yeah, I've never, I'm not, I'm the opposite. I'm not very outdoorsy. Like I, I like my, my extent of outdoors is like hikes and yeah. visiting beautiful spots and going on long walks. Like that's yeah. my outdoors limit. And, but I like being outside, but I wouldn't say I'm like an adventurer. Like even my wife tries to go, go let, like get me to go kayaking on the lake here in Austin. I'm like, well, you know, I have to like kayak. I have to like put effort and I gotta be on the water. I'm gonna get wet. Like, do I really wanna do that? Like I've, I, I've been warming up to it, you know? So it's like, I think you and I are very polar opposites when it comes to that, yeah. but I think it, there, I can truly understand what that like thrill and like just being part of like nature in that way and really yeah. going through those obstacles. I can see how can that be super fun and like you've getting really connected to what's going on around you. But I'm, I'm very happy in front of a screen and going yeah. out on a walk and seeing yeah. the sunset from just the trail. <laughs> you know, it's beautiful. That makes yeah. me happy. <laughs> so it doesn't sound fun to you. I haven't sold you on it. We're not going to do the no, <laughs> no. No, I wasn't going to do the maze before and your near-death experience definitely hasn't helped. So, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. not anytime soon anyway. Who knows? It, Things could change. It would be fun to do a live stream about it on my channel. I mean, I know it's completely yeah. like off topic, but I learned some very valuable lessons. Like, always have a headlamp no matter what. Like, please, people, bring your headlamp and, you know, have tell your parents where you are. Uh, it might be interesting. You know what's sick about this, about Starlink? And I know you have to go just one more quick thing. The, the Starlink thing, like imagine being able to live stream that entire thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's I what Starlink allows you to do. Yeah. I honestly, I never thought that I'd say this, but I I, I would probably do it again. But like with, with better plans, with, with more experienced yeah. people. Because the thing was like, it was a group of four. And our guide slash my friend was extremely confident, but the three of us were slow. We were scared. Getting over the ledge, setting up a rappel system for every single person, you know, transferring. I mean, it could have been better. Could have been better. But yeah. yeah, um, yeah. yeah. DR cases, yeah. that's a movie right there. Yeah. I know, cool. right? Right there. Sell the rights. Movie. Sell the yeah. rights. <laughs> yeah. Ellie, thank you so much. Seriously, yeah. super appreciate your time. Thank you, everybody, yeah. stopping in. And uh, yeah, you're welcome back anytime. Really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so awesome. much. Yeah, I think it's a great topic. And I don't, I think this is, yeah, a problem. So let's try yeah. and find a solution, hopefully. Yeah, let's do it together. Thank you so much, everybody. Yeah. Thank you, Ellie. Thank you. Awesome. Very good.